tonight on Ship Chasing, we have Fantasy Life's Chris Allen joining us to talk about whether does wind matter? Can you bake it into your best ball drafting processes? We're going to find out tonight. And then naturally, we are going to hop in a best ball mania draft. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is why I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Canary's Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Chris Allen, welcome to the show. We got Karain back from vacation. We got Gretch Rock and his chasing Karain shirt and none other than Fantasy Life's Chris Allen joining us. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing well, man. Like we were talking before we got recording. Uh, just been enjoying the summer, trying to touch grass as often as I possibly can, running around with these kids. So in between getting some articles out, doing some shows, uh, I was actually doing a show I did a show yesterday with uh, Marcus Grant. Uh, I've got a show like queued up with Ian Harditz tomorrow. So in between like content, day job, kids, I mean, it's just been a hectic summer for sure. But no, I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to like join you guys. I've been fans of like all you guys for years. So being on the show and guesting with you guys, man, it's a, it's a huge thing for me. So no, I appreciate it. Awesome. And you, you mentioned being busy drafting season. You know, Underdog is now officially trying to tear us apart by offering both a small puppy contest and a fast puppy contest. I mean, which side of this great divide do you find yourself on? Uh, fast for me. It has wow. been like no, nothing but fast. I, I'm I definitely drinking that Ian Harder's Kool-Aid sand, you know, like the slow is like un-American. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I've just, I've preferred that because I, I don't know if it's all anecdotal, right? It's knowing that, you know, there's always a decent chance that you're going to get one or two picks that are going to be completely off ADP when you do it that way. Uh, folks like queuing stuff up and then they wind up missing the clock and all that jazz. Uh, but for the most part, it's just easier for me to cram all of my stuff into like 45 minutes and like build a team and figure out what strategy I got and go from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I did not get 150 puppies done, Chris. I, I don't, I don't see it happening for me. I think I'm team slow on this puppy thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I did not know about these puppies because I don't, I don't check the underdog lobby a ton. I fly out tomorrow to, the last of my like vacation month that I've had since my kids got out of school, out of state, I'm going to get to do fat. I'm going to a bachelor party. I'm going to be doing fast puppies. Oh, drunk. Yeah. I'm going to be doing slow. I'm going to or- get in so many fucking slow puppies. This is going to oh, yeah. You guys just made my fucking day. Gretch is going to like going out for a nightcap and Gretch be like, yeah, a little tired. Might just retire for the evening. And then he's like under his covers. Here's a question for you guys and the chat. Cause I do know a lot of people are completists with these contests. Like they want to max enter it. Obviously max entering the slow is much more doable. If you want to do it, you can max enter it. Would, if you had 150 bolts, do you think some people might do like 75, 75? I'm thinking of like the OCD completist type because doing all three. I didn't do any poodles for this reason. I was like, I can't max it. I don't have time. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to do any poodles. Okay. I didn't do any poodles either. Uh, Chris, how many, how many fast puppies do you think you're going to get to? Uh, if I could realistically, mm, I could probably do 20. 
think okay. it's yeah 20 seems like a, a normal well-adjusted amount i have a feeling yeah. there's some people in the chat here who might not be as well adjusted Gretch, i might do you, 20 tomorrow what are you talking about man <laughs> Gretch, <laughs> do you think, think you're gonna max work. the slows when you're across state lines that's an interesting question because <laughs> i got a lot of work to do and when i came back from the last trip i didn't get a lot done right after that because i was just like excited to be doing all these drafts and once even though i didn't even have that many but Pat and I, were, we were talking about the three of us in our chat, and Pat and I were kind of similar on that regard. We're like, you're like Pete saying you're smart about it. You set some time throughout your day to check in and make all your picks. Pat and I were like, I mean, we're just kind of checking all of our drafts. Really nilly. Like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Or like, yeah, like opening. I'm opening the app too frequently when I'm doing these drafts every like couple hours. Oh, yeah. I'll fire up. I was doing a lot of willy-nilly picks, but um, like treating these slows like fast. But um Draft them, draft them like a ten dollar dynasty league, as, as we famously said. Yeah, but I, I just I can't get in that many drafts at once and then also get work done. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I found that I almost had to do it willy nilly when I had one hundred and fifty slows. Because in addition to doing one hundred and fifty slows, I did one hundred and twenty of them or so at once, where I literally just like in the afternoon one day just fired in one hundred and twenty. So they were all yeah. like at the same point in the draft as well. Uh, you know the most of them anyway so i almost had to just kind of like let them trickle in because there were a couple times when i was like i just want to go to bed man drafting <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the same teams if you ripped them off like all at the same time because i feel like if i don't even me, know you think i, I reviewed I these teams and so well, I, I don't know I did that when I did all my my first group in a bunch. I noticed that for sure, Chris. Yeah, I just feel like if you're just staring at the same names, looking at like have the same rankings up and like all that jazz, you just find yourself just running into that same of squad. Over. I definitely do that in fast drafts when I'm multi-tabling, especially if I'm doing two. I'll just be like, well, I might as well grab Richardson on this team too, right? <laughs> I know I'm backdoor stacking the Colts. It's easy. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely do that in fast drafts. Yeah, it makes, that makes one a of the reasons of I don't like multi-tabling that much. I think I think I lose more EV multi-tabling than even in two, even if I had just do the double monitor, because I kind of I just like can't concentrate on building the correlated teams that I like to build. It's not mm -hmm. that I'm like the structurally, I think I'm probably fine, but I'm just like I kind of forget who I took and what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I just yeah. pulled up my exposures from those 35 drafts that I did. That is all I've done so far. And I, my top three guys were all over 40%, which is not something I was trying to do. But that's yeah. like to your point, Chris. I think I got CLV on all of them. Godwin, Tyquan Thornton, Jalen Warren. These were all early. I entered these June 2nd, June 3rd. I think all oh, those yeah. guys have risen since then. I know Godwin has. I, I know Thornton has. He is? Yeah. All right. Good. Right before I get in some drafts. <laughs> yeah, Godwin for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Thornton, I think, would have – plummeted again if the patriots had signed hopkins whether mm -hmm. that's right or wrong could be up for debate but i definitely think he would have dropped it'll be interesting to see now the betting markets have shifted to the titans and mm -hmm. uh saw davis maddock got a snipe by dave kluge on the same tweet uh th throwing up oh, all the other uh guy wide receivers who finished their career with the titans anyways be better God. davis um <laughs> the do you guys think that like Traylon burks like if that does happen um how, how do you guys think that's going to impact stuff from an adp standpoint they all fall like almost all, all that has to that has to affect burks any love for chiggy i would think that have to kill him too so outside mm, of people love chig though 
Yeah, that's I, true. one that's one true. little low key thing I think that would mean is that it's a much more likely Ryan Tannehill season, which mm. is I think actually yeah. probably better it's for good. Traylon Burks, right? Like if they go get DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think Hopkins is signing to play with Will Levis, like just like a rebuilding season. That would be insane for Hopkins oh, to sign up for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there was a thing about Malik Willis. Roto World blurbed Malik Willis might not make the team, but then. In that blurb, they talked about how Willis was probably ahead of um, Levis. I saw that. Wow. So, like, that to me is the headline. If Willis is ahead of Levis, I mean, they know, one, we they don't like Willis. We know that. Mm-hmm. And, two, Willis is not very good. So, if Levis is behind him, that's really good for Tannehill. Can you just imagine, yeah. though, the situation if they wind up having to start Willis at some point, DeAndre Hopkins just on the sideline, just pissed off. Rabel just like chain smoking, like in between halves and all that. Like he just—it's the Jay Cutler meme, but real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be. I would be fascinated to like sit down with DeAndre Hopkins and be like, all right, what what did the Bills offer you? What did the Chiefs offer you? What did the Titans? Let's look at that difference, and then let's like play out two scenarios deep into the plane into January live for a Super Bowl or like an extra million in the bank. Like, I don't know. It's like, are you, are you trying to become a think- player consultant? <laughs> well, and circling, circling back to when he was, before he was released, when he was being interviewed at a lot of the events, what was it like the combine and stuff? And they were who, I can't remember who interviewed him, but they were like, tell us, uh, you know, some like, you know, give us some indication. What are you thinking? He like he couldn't talk about the team because it's tampering and all this. But it's like, yeah. would you like to play for the Bills? And he's kind of just like smirking, like, yes, I would. Like very clearly, like saying which teams he prefers. And then he hasn't signed with any of those teams. And the teams that he's liking are the ones that seemed they weren't even probably discussed on this video that I'm referencing. But it seemed like he really wanted to go play for a contender. Like he had video, and, and so I, I to your point, Pete, I'm really curious what those teams have been able to offer the Bills, the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, is it even close? It must be not even close because he seemed to really want to actually play for a winning team. Yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting uh, to see it play out. We got people in the chat are, are fired up for weather talk tonight. I The weather stuff is all over the map this year. I was talking about it with Brian on Lulz and people were pushing back on it. And then all of a sudden then today, Pat and I are drafting, you know, Cleveland, New York jet stacks. And everyone's like, aren't you worried about the weather? So it seems like everyone (laughs) is all over the map with how they are thinking about weather as it pertains to fantasy this year. Chris, why don't you just like the weather itself? Yes, we just don't know. We just don't know. Uh, Chris, why don't you set the stage for us? Because I know you've been working on weather related stuff for fantasy for a long time i know you have always been a a voice of reason on dfs mornings when the there's 17 mile per hour wind gusts and everyone's ready to full fade uh, a game here so talk to us how did you get started in the in the weather business and then we can get to what you've been working on lately oh really just because i'm an engineer by day and i do data analysis on a fairly regular basis now i'm like more program management but i was in a lab for most of my time until the last few years. So being able to play with data, but also applying it to fantasy football. And then on top of that, uh, when I first got into the game, it was trying to find like, what could my niche area be, right? Cause you know, JJ got the late round thing. <laughs> Reeves got the Konami thing. Uh, I was talking with Harmon at the time. This is around like 20. Pat got the win $2 million thing. I mean, that's yeah, a pretty good niche to have. I mean, that's also <laughs> also awesome. I mean, that's like, that's Pat's like niche thing too. <laughs> but it's like, I wanted to find out what could I do that would be different 
than what everybody else is currently doing, I mean, versus draft strategy and all that. And weather just seemed to be one of those things that a lot of folks have you know, random thoughts about it. We have our own biases when it comes to wind, rain, snow, and all that because of all the extreme games that we've watched over however many years, decades of watching ball. So trying to challenge those, maybe do like a little bit of myth busting and say, yeah, I mean, short passing isn't really that big of a deal. We should really look at how quarterbacks actually play the game of football versus just saying short passes is going to be bad for fantasy. All that stuff to say that that's what kind of put me into this spot. And I found it really, it's also like, honestly, kind of fascinating in my mind. Yeah, and there's now such – I mean, I feel like if you would have made this your niche, what, five years ago, everyone would be like, what, dude? And, like, now yeah. there is legitimately a market. Um, there always has been for, like, DFS Sundays. I think people really care about that stuff. And we've – you've seen guys like, you know, Kevin Roth over at Roto Grinders where people mm -hmm. check in on his weather reports. But now with best ball and the way that these prizes are structured, that now you release a contest like weekly winners – where you're looking at optimizing for specific pockets, specific weeks. And like this weather stuff has a legit impact on Vegas totals. You can go look at how totals drop throughout the year as weather gets colder. And you've done a lot of cool stuff about wind, but like, where are you at just in general? Does wind matter? Does weather matter? Is this something people should be focusing on when they are drafting? Not when they're drafting. It's more on a week to week basis. So something like this weekly winners thing, I think would be, really tune for something like that, where it's just a microcosm of not just the players, but also the matchups, the locations, because all of that stuff does matter when you're factoring in, especially the wind itself, but also uh, snow for a number of stadiums that have like heated pipes under the field. So snow impact might not be as much. So I've studied like stadium design. I'm probably on like a fucking FBI list or something like that. I'm looking into, like, which, which stadium is how tall and like what, you know, how many people it can fit and all of that. So it's got, it's got, you can go down. If like, the FBI like, looked into you, they would not be convinced by the truth. They, yeah. They'd be like, no, it's for fantasy like, football. No I swear. Like, I'm not trying to do anything no like, terrible or anything like that. Yeah. Like, no, why the hell would you do like, no, you're going to jail, buddy. Like, just get just get in the back of the. Can you imagine trying? I mean, it's hard enough to explain that to people who like know what you do in your personal yeah. life. Like, yeah. try to explain that to the. Oh man, that's yeah. That just be that, that would be an abject disaster. Uh, but like, actually, uh, like back to the DFS part of things. So uh, this, I I had I haven't told this story like on air before, uh, but. So I was working behind the scenes at ETR like last season. I was helping out with their research team. So each week, whenever some weather stuff would happen, I would either like in the Slack, I would message, you know, like Leone, Lev and like all of them be like, hey, you know, I, I think it's going to be this. I don't think it's just going to be much bigger, not going to be a big of a deal. All of that. Remember that uh, I think it was week 12, week 13, Chicago is playing against the Jets. It was projected to be an absolute downpour before the game. And from a DFS standpoint, it, the big uh, debate for that week, it was going to be, uh, should you roster Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson? Because from a price standpoint, it was going they were relatively the same. Target share was going to be relatively the same. But if you weigh those two situations and just try and break ties in favor of weather, Traylon Burks was, was the call. And of course, I'm sitting there talking in the Slack. I'm telling Leone, I'm telling... I'm telling Lev, I was like, yeah, man, guys, like just looking at the forecast, it's going to be an absolute downpour. You guys remember uh, that San Francisco game uh, for uh, the San Francisco Indianapolis game from a, a season ago, uh, even like when San Francisco played Washington back in 2020, week seven, week nine, all that stuff. And we saw the totals dropping and everything. So most of them made the switch. 
And of course, in the first quarter, Garrett Wilson catches what like an eight yard mm -hmm. pass turns into a 50 yard touchdown. I, they got like two touchdowns on us in the first half. I'm I'm sweating the whole time. I'm waiting for Silva to call feeling. me up. I'm Worst waiting for feeling. Silva to call me up like, yo, Chris. What happened, man? What happened, bro? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's a meteorologist, bro. Yeah, I, I thought you knew what you were talking about. I was that's what I was waiting for. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting so. there. It's, it's like that, good. it's like the Denny Carter, like you know, screaming the process, like me. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I was doing, just like the whole as Silva stuffed you in a locker, the process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Bad. That is that is I mean that that's tout life, right? You know, yeah, you, you it put, is is rough. And then you get it to explain rough, probabilities to everyone. Yeah, uh, multiple yeah. people remembering this. Uh, people here uh, want you to define uh, <laughs> what a monsoon are. He says people in the fantasy space describing any heavy rain as a monsoon has been driving me crazy for years. Uh, do we have do we have an official fantasy meteorology holy. definition oh, okay. of monsoon? That that's a hell of a question right there. Because yeah, I do want to set that straight because. <laughs> Uh, people do say that, like they say, like torrential downpour and monsoon and, and all of that stuff. When 90, I would say 90% of the time, it, I've, I think I've recorded three games total where it actually has turned into a situation where password over expectation, total plays run, all the stuff for fantasy has actually been affected. And that Jets game was affected. It just didn't happen until the second half. But I use uh, Weather Underground is a site that I use because they actually track precipitation rate in inches per hour and uh typically light to normal rain is between 0 0.01 and 0 0.03 inches per hour that's about like you don't even see it if you're watching it on the normal tv broadcast uh once you get past that into 0 0.03 to 0.06 inches per hour that's the stuff you can start to see you'd see it like on the player's helmets you can kind of see it just from the normal view uh like the camera angle like on the field that's what you can typically see but normally that doesn't affect the game. Once you get into 0.1, so 0.1 inches per hour, that's the Chicago versus San Francisco. Yeah, Chicago versus San Francisco game from week one of last year. That's what they played in week one, right? The Trey Lance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Trey Lance. That we game. do call a monsoon. He played in a monsoon. Right. That he one was that one was legitimately legitimately a monsoon. The San Francisco <laughs> uh, Washington game from 2020. Like I said, week seven, week nine, somewhere in there legitimately like a mother type game yeah. yeah and also the san francisco versus uh the san francisco teams seem to happen to them a lot versus indianapolis from 2021 i think that was week seven sometime in october uh like those games where you can the your visibility to the field is affected and you can see teams actually calling more run plays password over expectation is affected that's a monsoon that's what we should actually care about for fantasy purposes the rest of the stuff when people start calling for it, it's a torrential downpour and all that unless they're actually looking at the forecast and looking at what the precipitation rate is going to be for that matchup which is something that i do because i have scripts that pull all that stuff on a daily basis especially leading up to game day that's uh, I, I like once I see folks like tweeting about that, it's like, yeah, that, that's probably not happening because it's just it's just a rare event, honestly. Mm. Yeah. What about so one of the things I think is super cool about the wind research you've been doing and I'll pull it up here. You've been looking specifically at QBs and how they perform, you know, in various like wind scenarios, which ones are unaffected, which ones are impacted by the wind. I was cracking up seeing Zach Wilson being most impacted <laughs> by the wind. That just seems. Yeah, that was. That, yeah, that, that one really felt. Well, also, see, you can see Patrick Mahomes on that very same table, but hmm. I think this so that table honestly and breaking it down by each particular quarterback that's 
what we really should be doing for this type of analysis. Because if you look at that table, you see Zach Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Heineke, the hell are those guys, Drew Locke, like why, why do they belong on the same list? The numbers bear it out that if you compare them to their baseline pass rate over expectation, so baseline being if there was no wind, if they happen to be playing in a dome, but then compare that to the times when they were playing in a dome, these guys pass rate over expectation drop, total plays are dropping, their completion percentage over expected for the most part is falling, except for, of course, as you see on the table, not Mahomes. But when you see a number of these quarterbacks <laughs> significantly affected by mm -hmm. weather, you can you can pull out profiles of a lot of them. They're mostly pocket passers. They're dudes yeah. that they're not running. They have no they have no scrambling or rushing component to their game. So of course they're going to be affected by fantasy if they're running fewer plays, if their accuracy is dropping and their pass rate is dropping. So all that analysis that when it comes to the weather, a lot of it comes out in the wash of saying that if we were to just analyze the quarterback and say that, well, we figured Kirk Cousins isn't going to be much of a rusher anyway. So if they're not passing much, then of course, yeah, he's probably going to have a bad game. But for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, the reason for their password over expectation dropping in the three or four games that I uh, that I charted for him playing in games that were 20 miles an hour or more, they were all blowouts. Three or the four mm. were blowouts. Like there was like 48 to three against uh, Oakland uh, two years mm. ago, 38 to nine against Oakland the year beforehand. That's why it wasn't because of the wind. It's the fact they're beating the shit out of the Chiefs. So, uh, so a lot of it does like we walk into these situations thinking that it's going to be the weather. It's going to be the weather. It's always going to be, you know, the, uh, the reason why we wind up losing is because the wind is going to be so high when a lot of it just becomes matchup analysis, things that we should have been doing in the first place. Mm. So if we Th apply more of that before we say, oh, yeah, there's a 20 mile per hour wind and start freaking out, then I, I think a lot of our. I guess, consternation, anxiety about weather, a lot of that would just kind of go away. It's a great point because there's a lot of stuff that winds up being – like we find one thing to pin stuff on, right? And, and I think that one of the bigger points that you're making is there's so many things that can explain any of the results that we see, but often it's like we we limit it down to one you know specific trade or a couple of specific trades. I just, I just want to – you threw it in there, but that's so hilarious that Patrick Mahomes – in windy yeah. games somehow has a higher a five percentage point higher completion percentage of over expect expected <laughs> i mean he's just it doesn't matter man. yeah it, <laughs> he's it just, it, too good yeah he's just he's just too good and he's but also you can see his average fantasy points he's still acting like a qb1 but that's it's still <laughs> yeah. it's still happening for him and the same thing was for a lot of the quarterbacks that appeared unaffected like josh allen was on the table just right above that still like rocking like a 24 25 fantasy points per game average that's even what, with the what win. happened to andy dalton here uh he was dude, 1.6 like, what, <laughs> dude, it was, it was <laughs> what are you what are you doing andy what yeah. are you doing? it was it was a tough scene, <laughs> tough, scene tough scene for andy but another yeah. thing like the, what you're talking about a lot is making me think of you know we talk about like psychological biases and the ways that you know we can exploit those things the ways that the market over plays certain things we see it in a ton of ways. I mean, one of the guys that I'm starting to see a ton of hype around is Cal Pitts. And I'm sure everyone watching this show knows we were talking about him a lot last year. We're excited about him again this year. He's starting to, to generate a little buzz. The whole Cal Pitts, Drake London thing, people keep talking about, well, I mean, why would why would London go ahead of Pitts? They kind of have the same Atlanta pass volume issues. Pitts, if he hits, though, gives you tight end production. 
Also, he was out targeting London when they're on the field together. It makes no sense. The only reason he's going behind him is because Pitts was universally called the biggest bust in fantasy football last year. It's just like a, a group thing. People don't want to get burned by Kyle Pitts again. We do this in so many ways. Um, I don't know. I got off on a Kyle Pitts tangent. I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but to your point. Oh, I was going to – real quick. I was going to say the, the monsoon last year being week one. We do this with the early yeah. season stuff. Everyone's paying attention week one. And then all – did it feel like all season last year everyone was was kind of giving you that like, well, I mean, but it really was bad in week one when the Bears in the ninth. It's like that one thing sticks in their head. And you're pointing out is a very rare event. But last year was – even rarer that it happened in week one. And then it kind of, you know, defined what people expected every week. Oh, this is going to be like Chicago and San Francisco from week one because that just sticks in the mind. Yeah. But, I want to uh, hit. Oh, go, oh, ahead, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was going to hit a couple other questions from the chat. What were you going to say? I was going to say to your point, Ben, about the like the, the bias thing. Uh, Pete, can you pull the article up real quick mm-hmm. and like scroll up? It's the very first chart. It's the older one. Uh, cause I've seen this one quoted. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's from Brian Burke, who's like the goat of like data analytics. So like, this is, so this is the chart that comes from uh, Brian Burke's like, original study from 2012 showing adjusted yards per attempt by wind speed. And so I've seen that I've seen this chart quoted, tweeted, like pasted into tweet threads, like over and over and over again. And, but like, you look at this chart, you see that line, you see how quickly it starts to fall off as it, as you get from you know, five to nine uh, miles per hour, like on down, you see that slope. And so that bias almost immediately hits you that, oh, if I get past 20 miles an hour, I mean, they're just, they're just doing dump off passes. That's it. You see that. And that's what you think. But now if you scroll down a little bit more, because this is just averages uh, a little bit more past that, because I recreated the same thing and get the same. This is the problem that you run into. It's a sampling issue. You've only got, and once you get Mm. past 20 miles an hour, I, Mm. Looking at it, there are 24 games that have been played in the last five years that have had wind speeds greater than 20 miles an hour. 24 games. 24 games. That's 48 quarterbacks. And actually, of those 48 quarterbacks, I want to say seven or eight of them were duplicates. So really, actually, even more than that, because I think the total list of unique quarterbacks comes down to about 28 quarterbacks. So Mm -hmm. 28 quarterbacks have played in at least one game they in good? the last five years. Because <laughs> like, whether good. they're good or not is yeah. going to be a big factor where, here. Yeah, but that's where you get the Patrick Mahomes down right. there on a few of them. You get the Andy Dalton really like shitty game. You get the Kirk Cousins, a few of those games. So it's like if you're sampling-ish, like if you're sampling becomes like so little, that that's probably the part, that's part of the problem there. 24 games works out to exactly a week and a half of an NFL season. Yeah, so and we know that a week and a half of an NFL season is very predictive of the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we already have looking by seeing and retweeting that same chart, which there's nothing wrong with the chart. Like as you can see, Burke had it in 2012. I just recreated it for data from the last five years. The behavior is correct if you do it by looking at averages. But then when you look at the sampling size, like for that average, once you get above 20 miles an hour. It's like we cannot and we should not just pull just conclusions just based off of that trend. That's why we should be looking at pasture over expectation, CPOE, total plays run. I mean, all the other fantasy relevant metrics to say that this is when, like when from a miles per hour standpoint, that fantasy stuff is actually getting impacted. Mm. And besides, shorter passes isn't a bad thing. 
right? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, like his A dot has dropped like two yards since like 2019. Joe Burrow had to, uh, Joe Burrow had to, like their explosive pass rate, that stopped after the 2021 season. And they found another way to be more successful in the intermediate parts of the field. So short passes isn't a bad thing. I mean, we know not, all not of these inherently. players can work yeah. in yards after the catch. So it's like, why do, why do we assume that because quarterbacks are, are throwing shorter passes that they're just going to suck for fantasy? That's not true. And one We're, of the things with the, with the sampling issue is that I, I feel like actually this is something I might be taking from you through Leone. Cause I remember talking to him. We, we talk about our, our chat that me, Pat and Pete and Leone have, but I feel like it came up in that and he was probably quoting you on it, but basically it's, it's not that the, you know, the average goes down Talk about the average, but we can like averages can play tricks on us. It's not that we should expect a reduction of five or 10%. It's more like, 80% of the time, there's no reduction. 20% of the time is catastrophic. And it's yes. like, do you want, do you, how, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And that's trying to figure out which scenario falls into the 80% versus the 20%. That's, that's real. That's almost, that's 50% of the battle. That's half the battle. I mean, that's the, that's the greatest like challenge for us right now. And that's why whenever somebody comes to me and says, Hey, what do you think about this game? I go all the way back to, well, who are the quarterbacks? What is the what? How do they normally play? And then now let's let's put on that layer of where are they playing at? How much like how high or, or how hard the wind's going to be blowing, or how much precipitation there's going to be? I mean, I'll just start with the quarterbacks and then layer on the weather analysis from there. Because if you don't start from how would they normally play in just a game, like how would they play in a dome? If you can't answer that question, you're not starting from there before you layer in the weather then all you're going to be doing is like almost essentially double counting your negative biases towards bad weather. But if you so, hear that one of the quarterbacks is Andy Dalton. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, get him off the, get him off your roster. Um, Casey was asking in here about like Deshaun's numbers being so wild. Anecdotally, we all remember like some of these Cleveland win games. I'm going to try to push this back. I know you said a lot of this win stuff is a little bit more specific for weekly stuff mm -hmm. in DFS, but for, for best ball drafting and looking at the schedule, obviously as we get into the winter, you know, games get colder, totals drop. Can you suss out anything relative to best ball mania? Any edges there? You're going to hear a lot about El Nino this year. Do you have thoughts on it being uh, on El Nino as it pertains? Like, how could we make this uh, slightly actionable for our for our drafting? Yeah, the highlight of my my last couple of weeks has been sitting at this desk at 10 o'clock at night, looking up what the hell an El Nino is and trying to figure out what, because of that damn Davis Maddock tweet and figure out like, what, is that even, what does that always mean? Back Davis Maddock tweet has started a lot yeah. of things. That's, God, like, yeah, what is that? Like, what is that? Like, why does it matter? And honestly, like after looking at it, so if I'm reading this correctly, or like the way that I read it, like from the NOA's website and El Nino is supposed to be something that affects uh, like tides and wind pressures and all that, but it's more towards the equator. So while that might impact like the coastal regions, it'd be more towards the South. So if there are games in like Florida, let's say maybe Texas, like somewhere like close, that's closer to the equator, that makes some sense. But overall, I wouldn't think like, I don't know, the New England Buffalo game that's supposed to happen in, uh, in week 17. I'm not thinking that one should be affected because at least from what I'm reading, El Nino is more towards the, more towards the South. And I, I had heard that it, potentially could mean a more mild winter in terms of the temperatures is that 
Yeah, that's uh, what I'll. That's, okay, but it's the. So maybe El Nino year is a good thing. Maybe we yeah, want so El Nino. I think it's like the La Nina, which typically comes afterwards. That's when you get like the worst stuff. Okay, and when is yeah, that? La <laughs> Nina. Now it sounds like we're talking about When's a, a yeah. fleet of boats. Uh, the in a couple Maria. years. Oh, in a couple yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, well, I think I'm it was like yeah, season or something like that afterwards. Yeah. But, let me let yeah. me frame a question this way, because um, I think like there's sort of um, there's sort of this logical thing, you know, when people are thinking through what games to target. You look at the Vikings and the Packers in a dome. You get you know it's kind of easy to dream on that game being fun, you know, and and you go oh so you know it's in a dome. Then you go Jets Browns. Like I get why people are a little bit nervous about stacking up. Jets Browns, especially because like from a matchup perspective, it's like you know Aaron Rodgers always plays slow. The Browns like to run the ball, so you know it could be bad. But it's also happening on December thirty first, so it's tough to get two in the weeds. If I told you right now, the Jets and the Browns are playing in twenty degrees Fahrenheit with a thirteen mile an hour wind, would that affect anything for you? No, not at all. 20 it, degrees. Would, yeah. uh, so from a temperature perspective there, from the studies that I've done in the past, I need to update it for uh, for fantasy life. But the stuff that I was doing beforehand, you don't see a drop off in password over expectation, total plays run, any of those fantasy metrics until you get into the single digits. Uh, so think about that with that Minnesota Seattle game that was played in like single digits, that playoff game from however many years ago and what Blair Walsh like shanked the kick. Missed that uh, kick from like 25 yards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that one, so that those was that 10, nine final or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was something wild, uh, like those types of those types of games. But you don't see a drop off in fantasy related metrics until you get into the single digits. And like I mentioned before, in 13 miles per hour, uh, not even something to really factor in. The only place that I've seen uh, anything less than 15 miles per hour play a factor in any part of football has been at Gillette Stadium because the north end of Gillette Stadium has that like angled like open section like towards the end on the north side and kicks have been messed up because you can get gusts that will come in like back through that section almost this like why Mac Jones is ADP so low and almost like funnels like air pressure in like right there and it's messed with kicks before on games that you typically wouldn't expect to have like much of an issue but 13 miles an hour 20 degrees Fahrenheit nah ain't, ain't no problems there okay so I mean when you're if you're like fading any of these games because of the weather like you're betting on it sounds like a pretty kind of uncommonly bad weather situation which yeah. you have no real reason to expect other than sometimes the weather's bad i mean i guess like would you would it make sense to you to prioritize even the dome games to it you know just a slight tick up because at least there we know there's no chance of severe weather I don't see a problem with that, uh, but from at least a couple of the games uh, that you'd mentioned, so like Jets Browns. So while you mentioned this goes back to the recommendation I was having earlier about analyzing the teams and what they can potentially do. It's like, do we expect them to have like the same like passer over expectation with the weapons that they added this year? Could they tick up a bit more? And For be sure. a bit more pass friendly. And the same thing with the Jets. I mean, given Vegas totals yeah. and all that, their average weekly implied uh, totals are supposed to be up this year. So we should expect a bit more. It might be running slower because it's Aaron Rodgers, to your point, absolutely. But could we have two teams interacting with each other that are at the at the let's say at, at best 
average in pass rate over expectation versus being both bottom 10 like they were last year. So could you get a situation where this is a team that's the two teams that are, you know, passing back and forth throughout the game? It's entirely possible. So where even if the wind does become, or let's say just the weather in general, because it's going to be a December game, even if the weather does become an issue, you might be looking at two teams that are going to be more pass friendly, not pass first or pass heavy, just more pass yeah. friendly compared to what they were in. Right. And if you get there to week 17, you've probably hit on that to some extent. Right. That to your question, the way that I would analyze it is, is again, we, we obviously always do it as a market related thing. And this is, Everything I'm hearing from Chris is telling me that the market is over-concerned about this, right? And I've made the 80-20 point where 80% of the time it's the same, you know, it says no drop-off, 20% of the time it's catastrophic. It's probably more like 95-5 or even more because, like, what you're saying, Chris, is those catastrophic events are very limited. Yeah. So the question is, is the, let's say it's 95-5, the 5% chance of ruin where you get all the way to the championship, you have that roster, and the and the weather is what crushes that roster in week 17. Probably not even 5%, but you know, contingent on all those scenarios, we'll say it's 5%. Are we getting a 5% discount on those stacks because people are, are worried about that? Like, what is the market discounting it more than the the actual weather catastrophe, you know, catastrophe concern? I would argue the market probably is overplaying it, that those are easy easier stacks to make because people are too worried about the weather based on everything I'm hearing from Chris, just like literally from this conversation. That's and, how I'm interpreting it. And honestly, if you put in the, the DFS <clears throat> layer, how many folks, even if they are stacking that game, the more common approach would probably be what Nick Chubb and Joku with like, a, uh, right. You know, cause they're saying it's going to be a weather game. It's going to say it's yeah. going to be a weather game. So at most, they're probably going to have Chubb. They might have in Joku. And if they had Garrett Wilson earlier then they probably drafted him. But not not everybody is going to want to try and do an Elijah Moore. Yeah, uh, it makes Donald me want to go do a huge stack. Yeah, yeah, it does. It make that's what it makes me want to do too. Just stack up yeah. those games because I mean, if you show up with a game that's less popular, that's called leverage. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right. All right, I did register us for a best ball mania. We are on the clock at one four. Chris Allen, Love what do you do here. when okay. Jefferson, Chase, and Tyree Killer off the board? Uh, I've been going CMC, uh, at this point, like with all those guys, like off the board. Well, I do prefer, I mean, I like Cooper cup, but I've typically gone CMC here. Let's, let's get the, let's get the Chris Allen experience here, uh, with CMC. Let's uh, introduce him to the avalanche. I don't actually see that. Yeah, I, I think we get away are, with it. This isn't, this is, I don't see any friends in this draft. Are you, is anyone? I've been going draft? cup there, but the, I don't think I've calibrated for the, the more and more we're getting confirmation on brock purdy the more and more cmc mm. i mean at four is maybe a discount right? like he could catch a lot of balls <laughs> yeah um, i'm taking him over hill now cmc over hill but not cup yeah but not cup okay got it yeah, yeah it, it, not. Is, dude i did not believe so i had eagles on best ball after dark if you guys are youtube members on my channel or ship chasing you guys saw that and eagles told me he's like nick chubb is going to be a first round pick uh by the end of best ball mania season he's going to go ahead of Bijan. and i was like no way man it's like it's not going to happen nick chubb is screaming up boards like yeah i i'm telling you i was like i was like there's no way and now i, I see it all why? the time can someone tell me no why clue. he was already I, overpriced i have yeah, no idea yeah, I don't why know. I definitely missed out. Like he was, he was like, 
going very cheap for where Nick Chubb usually goes, and I didn't hammer it because I was like, yeah, he seems no, last year well he was like I'll mix him in. That's he was insane. like a third round pick last year. You could get him at like three ten last year. Yeah. Is that and right? you He's, can get him at like the two, three, yeah. two, three turn, like earlier parts of this year. That's where I was yeah. taking him. That's where 21, I was 23, somewhere in there. But now I've seen him routinely go like that nine. So if you pick nine, 10, it's gone like wide receiver and then Nick Chubb on the wrap. That's typically what I've seen. I think Jared nailed it though. Very Chubb good. snow game 40.17. It honestly might be partly people are like, don't like that week 17 game, the passing game, but Nick Chubb. Except uh, okay. then they're not taking Brees Hall either, so then it kind of falls apart. Right. Or do you yeah. mean like you mean Dalvin Cook with all this uh Dalvin Cook oh, to God. the Jets talk? Oh god, don't do that. <laughs> I'm so torn on that one. I want cheaper Brees Hall and I but I also want to protect my existing bags. <laughs> I also I, I'm just I'm drafting through I, I wrote enough. up this article how I'm I'm gonna take less Brees Hall a little bit, which is true. I did pass on him a few times that I normally wouldn't have, but then I was on the clock at the the 301 in a 505 earlier and i was just like i'm fucking taking free salt <laughs> 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 i took i was uh jefferson olave breeze i mean that's fun there's that's a fun why story. why 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 would they get dalvin cook like it just doesn't i don't like I'm, until that happens i'm not buying it the only thing i can think of is that they just want to really try and push as many chips in as possible even though in my mind that you should just go ahead and like load up on the offensive line. Just make sure Aaron Rodgers is protected. You don't need to yeah, really stock way, up on running backs. Way better. Yeah. Um, it, this is what's crazy too. Uh, Kevin says, do we underestimate this room? Because it did yeah. seem like you got a Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, but then you still have T Higgins, Waddle, Lava all come off the board here. That we Nick are getting Chubb, this- Derrick Henry team is going to be in for it. <laughs> that, that's high T drafting baby right there. So, Chris, do you steer into uh, the avalanche or do you capitulate with Devonta Smith? I capitulate with Devonta Smith. Uh, that's that's what I've done, yeah. 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 I I think we're going to get – I mean, have you guys been seeing this stuff with, with Barkley with the, the Monday deadline as far as accepting mm-hmm. his franchise tender or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what? otherwise – He's gonna. His only option is to hold out. He has. He has no other option or to play on the ten million dollar. But wait, uh, what is it? He starts. It. He starts to incur uh, fines. Is that? It's just sorry. So the deadline on Monday is if they can agree to a longer contract, and the Giants mm-hmm. are like, no, we're just giving you the tag, and so he's. Still oh, trying after to play that point, ball. he won't. They won't be able to negotiate a longer term deal this exactly. year. Exactly. The yeah. only option for him after Monday will be to play under the ten million dollar tag. Mm. Or hold out. Wow. Or hold out. Yeah. Um, so I get the only reason I bring that up is I do think we're gonna start to see some cheaper Barkley, at least over these few days, um, until we get some clarity on that. So he falls all the way here to the two, three turn. So I hadn't been drafting a lot of Barkley, but I do think I'll start to pick some up here in this two, three range, you know, where we've all been drafting. I've yet to draft him in best ball mania. I've mixed yeah. him into some oh, stuff goes, just to, Oh yeah. I no, thought we'd hurts. get him. Uh, what do you, what do you guys like to do here? Uh, Chris, I'm curious, which, which direction you go. I would still, I've, I've like really started steering into getting uh more like charters wide receiver. I've taken Keenan like here before. Wow. But, okay. I, I we think don't he belongs him. here. I love that. I mean, it's it's aggressive, but I think he belongs here from a pure value standpoint. I, that's kind I'm of down. what I'm thinking. Over the over those other guys, I've taken him over. Like, yeah, the guys in front of him right now, I've taken him over most of those guys. Debo is maybe the only one I would make a case for, but those other three yeah. guys, I think Keenan should go ahead of. 
Yeah, DK, so, no, Calvin, no. But. Was is that an avalanche take or are you because I think one of the key questions right now in drafts is how you handle the two, three turn and kind of not even the turn, that sort of larger back, you know, the front half of the board when you're coming back on the backside of the second round, all the way to kind of the mid to late third. There are running backs there who I think we're kind of not used to being priced like that. Are you how are you handling that? Yeah, are you tempted by Ramondre Jacobs at that spot? Jacobs, yes. Ramondre, no, for some reason. I, I haven't I haven't been able to really suss out why. Maybe that's a leak in my game. But I've I've tended more towards Jacobs than than Ramondre. We all have guys like that. I know exactly what you're describing. I yeah. actually feel the same way about Ramondre right now. I've been pretty in on him, so that's interesting. Well, he's Cook is one of the you know, the Patriots are one of the teams that's getting floated for Cook. Um mm-hmm. I don't know how seriously to take it, but then they also keep talking up Montgomery. It's like kind of this, like, you know, I don't want to hear anything about a guy not being the workhorse, you know, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to hear a single thing. I, I'm hearing like multiple things. Like I know Jacobs oh. has the the holdout stuff as well, but I, I, I think that gets resolved. I feel Ramondre's the gap between him from a talent perspective, he was really good at all the, you know, advanced <laughs> rushing metrics last year, the gap between him and, especially Ty Montgomery, but I mean, Pierre Strong might be a thing, but basically everyone else on that depth chart, I think from a, I agree with you and I, I, Belichick's tendencies concern me, but from a, you know, we maybe don't play into running back talent enough perspective. Like if Ramondre is as much better as the rest of those guys, as he has appeared to be so far in his career, Belichick will lean into that. He's done it before. He leaned into like Lawrence Maroney at one point. He, when he had Corey Dillon, he he had Corey Dillon be the guy for a year. I mean, it's not like a very frequent thing, but he has had guys have, or maybe Corey Dillon was even before Belichick. I don't know. Maybe but that was. Yeah. He's Ramondre, had, a, he's he's had one guys. Of my guys. I really like Ramondre. I think he's very good, but I actually don't think he's been like a superstar, um, especially in the receiving stuff. I think. He's very capable as a receiver, but he was he was running back twenty seven in ESPN's receiver ratings last season. Um, I pull up his yards yeah, on the, the rushing wasn't stuff. He, the, the rushing stuff. Rushing stuff. Is what it what he is to me is he's just super solid across the board. Like he can do everything for you. It's actually sort of similar to Josh Jacobs. Like he can do everything for you. He's got size. You don't ever have to take him off the field. If you're looking for that type of running back, like he's awesome. But if mm-hmm. a guy would rather have you know, coach would rather have a bit more of a committee and play the guy's strengths. He, yeah, he had 1.24 yards per route run last year. That's like right around what Fournette had last year. It's not a bad number, but it's not like special. Um, I don't, I don't think he's like as protected because he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not, he's not a superstar. Yeah. The lack of efficiency, the lack of efficiency in the receiving game. I think that's a good point. I agree with you there. I think I've, I don't know exactly this, the advanced rushing stats that I have in front of me, but I think I've heard that he was among the top in what, like, you know, force missed tackles per attempt, all that stuff. I'm trying to pull it up, but. Uh, yeah. And even, ex- well, I don't know about explosive run rate, but even still like force missed tackles. I thought like he in yards after contact per attempt, I thought he was like, right. I think he's yeah. like elite at those. What are, what are you seeing that has him as like average Pat? No, no, I don't mean that he's average. I just mean that he's okay. not he's not a star in terms of he's at he's not I mean, you could have made the case he is a star because he's good at everything, and that's really hard to find. 
but he didn't do like so he had 62 rush yards over expected 133 attempts uh, as a rookie 141 on 210 attempts last year uh, we make this pick and all. Yeah, we're on the clock here. Uh, Debo slid all the way to 4-6. Wow. Watson comes off the board. Uh, London, Mike Dub, if we want to build out. Chargers, DeAndre, Ayuk, Mixon. Is Fields or is um, Herbert still here, I assume? But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming Burrow and Fields is on the, is on the board. Yeah. What do you guys there. like? I'd double up Chargers or go London. Chris, say it. London. So I want to run this by like Pete. I know that you've talked in the fantasy life discord about this, but for the early round quarterbacks, um, like while it becomes more of a typical path to like do like the Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen stacks and all of that. But have you guys like started looking at building out your stacks with some of the later round options? So if you were to do like an Allen, Kincaid, Shakir, that sort of thing, where it's like, you know, that there's going to have, there's going to be a number of targets available to most of the pass catchers on a weekly basis, just from the password of expectation associated with the bills. But instead of using a stack that most folks are going to be building, why not look at some of the other pass catchers that might be less rostered on some of these teams? So like, instead of a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Herbert, you do Keenan Herbert, Everett, Keenan yeah. Herbert, I don't know, throw in Josh Palmer if, if you want to, but mm -hmm. it's just looking at those lesser lesser pieces of the offense the lesser popular parts of the offense in order to stack like your early round quarterbacks so interesting spot to think through here if you're thinking about detours if we do take a quarterback we're probably gonna be in a pretty nice spot for a tight end in the sixth round as well just something to consider uh, yeah i think it's deontay like or godwin for me i don't know about you guys yeah either one of those two is fine i'd go Pat, deontay right? over godwin i think but yeah. I'd, i would also go herbert but yeah, I was thinking kind of that yeah. situation. So the only the only thing that's interesting about Herbert is often uh, Keenan is on this side of the board and falls into a more like ADP correlated range for the Keenan drafter at the five six turn. We obviously took him here right. early, and the Mike Williams drafters behind us. Small chance for a slide. That's Maybe what that I was happened. thinking. Two things that we didn't take Mike Williams in four, and then because we didn't double, that we might want to try to play for him to fall in the sixth. Yeah. Deontay's the really other... risen up, huh? Yeah, he has like, a lot. You used to be able to I get him still all the way to six. Well, yeah. How many times were people going to quote that zero touchdown stat before? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. regression stat before. So I pulled up the Ramondre Stevenson thing, Pat. Uh, yards after contact per attempt, third in the NFL among all running backs behind only Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. Missed tackle uh, percentage generated second among all running backs with at least a hundred running rushing attempts behind only Josh Jacobs last year. He was like, those are the two, as far as I understand the two, I, I really don't care about running backs, but the, I'm like quoting people. I don't even know I'm quoting as far as I understand the two most predictive rushing skill statistics. And he was really good at both of them, like elite last year. At both of them. I, I like the NFL next gen stuff, which he was very good in um, looking at the guys with 200 plus attempts. He had um, what, he was behind Chubb, Pollard, Travis Etienne, Isaiah Pacheco, Deontay Foreman, Tyler Algier, and then Ramondre. What's is that the success rate one though? No, that's rush yards over expected per yeah, attempt. Yeah, R Y L E. Yeah, which is um, I think a pretty good metric. It's, yeah, it's kind of an explosive yeah. metric. Yeah, yeah. Per attempt, I don't know if that was per attempt or total, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have known that the team that started Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Najee Harris would, would take be totally down to take an unstacked Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, God. I love it, bro. 
<laughs> For the audio shit. listeners, our team through five rounds, Christian McCaffrey, Anchor, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Drake London, and Deontay Johnson. I mean, the one thing is uh, we do still have some quarterback outs. We mentioned the Purdy stuff with CMC. Uh, if anyone wants to join me on the Ritter train with London, Deontay Johnson with Pickett. So we're not boxed out of, of stacks here. No, and if we want to go the picket route, I mean, we can still grab Lockett, JSN on the run back if we need to. Yeah. It was a really long time ago, but Bill Belichick's 2004 Patriots gave Corey Dillon 345 carries at one point. I mean, there's some – like, I, I just think – look, like, I know that's a really long time ago, but we, we act like Belichick won't ride a guy. And I think if – if I think he rode Ramondre to a degree last year – when Damien was banged up, right? Did. And I think when he has guys that are the clear best runner, he's like, fuck this, I'm going to ride this guy. Like, I've, he's the best player. He's the best football player. You know, like, Belichick's that kind of, like, you know, hard-nosed guy. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm leaving him on the field. Like, he's the best player. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna rotate just for rotation's sake. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the bet with Ramondre. It's like, you're like, Belichick's just going to be like, this is our best runner. We're riding him. To be clear, I have 8.7% Ramondre. Um, I'm not out on Ramondre at all. It's just that, you know, with Brees, I'm having to like have a little come to Jesus moment with Brees and go, you know, they might sign Cook. You, you should save some bullets, save some ammo. Maybe you, you can get cheap Brees later if they do sign Dalvin. But they've been, Dalvin's been floated to the Patriots too. Like that's something I think we should bake in a little bit of that risk. And what does it say that, that he's being floated there? With Brees, it says, we're not sure if this ACL thing's going to recover as quickly as we want, and we're going for it this year. With the Patriots, they're not going for it. What? Yeah. Why do they want to bring in Dalvin? That's like a little bit of a red flag. It's not a huge red flag, but it's enough for me to be like, I think Jacobs signing that tag, and they're going to ride him all season. Like, why don't I just take Jacobs? Yeah, that's good. Point. Jacobs is very um, draftable too. This is the spot I basically envisioned we'd be in. Kittle slides all the way to 66. JSN comes off the board at 67. This isn't your normal ship chasing room. Those guys would be fixtures of the fifth round. Um, Pitts does fall to us. I have a feeling if you guys want to do Pitts, we're going to probably still like the wide receiver that comes back I like to Pitts. us. Yeah, I like seven Pitts. Two. Yeah, We got you know, London. We're yeah, going uh, straight Desmond Ritter double stack. Wanna, Let's go. We, we, do we want to I'm in on it? Ritter, by the way. I finally yeah, I've come around on Ritter. Let's do it. Owl, but you guys got me on Ritter. I'm in. All right. All right. You, go. know, you know who got me was Sean. Sean wrote that. Yeah. That <laughs> good ass. <laughs> <uncle>. <laughs> leave it. Leave it and Sean. he didn't even. Here's here's how good Sean is. He didn't even write the Ritter article. What he wrote the preamble to what I knew was going to be the Ritter article, and I was like, "Fucking, fine." I know, I know, I know you're going to sell me later. I can already tell I'm going to be sold later, so I might as well just get on board now and and retreat to to my anti Howell base and see if I can fight him up there. I'm losing this Ritter battle. Uh, well, you're man. losing, you're losing the Howell battle, Pat. All yeah. we do is draft Howell together on stream. <laughs> And man, we're gonna, four straight, five straight receivers. Wait, Shit. wait till Jahan Dotson uh, makes it back to us here, and then it sets up the Sam Howell build. Ah! Oh God! Pickens, you Pickens. Yeah. We'll take Pickens. Double. Let's go Pickens. Yeah. I mean, look at that. Yeah. Wow, we are. All right. This is a Pickett Ritter special. Let's go. We're just banging on scrambles at this though, point, guys. I, I do. 
I will be the voice of reason here and say this is not <laughs> a two-quarterback build. This is not I a two-quarterback build. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely, absolutely You're right. Not. An unstacked Sam Thank Howell you. kind of rounds out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Mac Jones, bring back. Now, I will, oh, like, all jokes aside, per- pretty, pretty fits nice uh, with those two. Yeah, he fits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Purdy I was just thinking that. In in hindsight, if we would have, I mean, Debo almost made it back in the fourth. Debo is crazy. Yeah, that fall. Sick. yeah. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, someone someone in the chat said they've been seeing Debo fall in their rooms. I'm I'm trying to see like I haven't really seen Debo fall. I've seen mm-hmm. Drake London fall a lot. I got him in the fifth round, the late fifth round of a draft. He also goes really late on DraftKings. And I wonder if like the platforms are kind of like starting to cross pollinate a little more. Or something. No. <laughs> Interesting. You, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but he there is a huge gap between where London goes. Like London's more of like a mid fifth rounder on DraftKings, and he's like a early fourth rounder on underdog. And it seems like the underdog ADP is meeting at the DraftKings ADP a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I know, do know DraftKings has been running a bunch of their promotions, giving out tickets and stuff, although that accounts for, like, underdog drafters going over there. I don't know what's what's pulling DraftKings drafters over, it is, over to underdog. It right is now. interesting when you're on DraftKings, you're like, ooh, I kind of like this. Like, you, yeah. it, it probably tricks you a little bit. Like, you know, you don't want to – if you get London in the fifth a bunch on DraftKings, you don't want to come over and take London in the early fourth on underdog, right? You're like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting mid-fifth. London, I, I'll take, you know, McLaurin or whatever. Although the McLaurin yeah. goes really late on DraftKings too for some reason. I yeah. don't get that either. I'm not sure why McLaurin falls on DraftKings. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the receivers in general go a little later on DraftKings, funnily enough. Um, hmm. But not all of them. There's like certain guys that that are a little bit more in line with their underdog ADPs. Yeah. Chris, how what is kind of like your overall portfolio of, of best ball mania teams or even just kind of on underdog, like structurally, have there been things that you've been trying to accomplish or stuff you find yourself doing a lot? Uh, from a structure standpoint, it's I've typically gone the what, two, five, eight, three route, just looking at mid and mid and late tight ends. Cause I've been favoring more of like the, Pat Fryermuth all the way back to like Luke Musgrave, like all mm. of those guys. And because of the games that I've typically been stacking, like I'm really digging the, like the Green Bay Minnesota game. So if I can uh, work in any of the like Green Bay guys, like even drafted Jordan Love like a couple of times, those have been like definitely like three quarterback teams, but liking where like you can get like Luke Musgrave and like some of those other guys, uh, Jaden Reed been grabbing him yeah. like, a little bit like towards the back yeah. in the drafts. Uh, but yeah, from a structure standpoint, it's typically been like two, five, eight, three. I uh, had some three quarterback teams like mixing in, like Kirk to a like that. Typically in that quarterback realm, but again, like picking up the same types of tight ends. Uh, but yeah, like also looking at a lot of the mid round RB values. Mm-hmm. So from Rashad White to back to like Gibson that you can get like in the finish yeah. round, like somewhere in there really liking like some of those guys, especially if you do these wide receiver heavy drafts that we're seeing right now. Yeah. 
We are about to pick at eight, nine, our team here through seven rounds, Christian McCaffrey, anchor, uh, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, uh, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, nice build here, man. The tight ends really falling in these rooms. Dallas Goddard still on the board here. At <laughs> I've been him if he gets to us. I, I just think we spent a sixth rounder on Pitts, so like technically we didn't even go elite tight end. So right. like virtually, there's nothing wrong with going six and eight. And we have a bet on the Eagles with Devonta. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. We take him if he gets. Could also cut oh. does go there. I mean, yeah. he he goes bully with Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't mind it. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, this does feel like a running back pick here. Do you guys have a favorite? I would be fine with Javante. I know mm-hmm. John's getting pretty bullish on him. The reports are getting fairly bullish. Bring back on Keenan. Yep. Ooh, are you good with that? That's a good call. I like it. Yeah. I I think the Javante stuff's interesting, and I know uh, I think Jacob Sanderson had a good tweet about it too, and I was writing about it for the newsletter the other day where it was like I had written about Javante and the team, and Peyton had like bullish comments about him being ready for training camp. That was in mid-May, and his ADP had fallen around and a half since then, and literally nothing has happened. Like after they signed P. Ryan, didn't draft a running back, didn't do anything. They say like on track, on track, no setbacks, and his ADP's been falling. And it's it's mm. kind of weird um, why that is, but uh, I, I definitely like the price in this range. Yeah, yeah, I think he could rise to a uncomfortable level, and I don't have a ton of him because I'm I've been sort of like, uh, you know, he might just keep falling, um, but I don't think he's going to keep falling now. And I also do not want to take him <laughs> at it's like a sixth rounder or something. Like I, that's where it starts to get really. I just am worried about, you know, what he looks like this season, how much upside he really has coming off that multi-ligament tear. So, yeah, I think I think the bottom is in on Javante. It was around the 10th round. Uh, congratulations if you got him. I didn't really get much. but I would um, almost rather, like, once Javante's ADP starts to spike, my assumption is that Samaje's ADP drops a little yeah. bit. Yep. Then I want to scoop that. Yep. I think that's a really uh, good call. And I think you can still take both of them. I think you mm-hmm. can play that backfield um, basically any way you want. Um, Charbonnet so goes off the go, board. I would probably Where go Sutton to? here. Based I on think that Sutton too. Having mm-hmm. the Denver LAC stuff. I think he's pretty undervalued. I've made the case that I think he's inside the wide receiver window. I think a lot of people are thinking he's outside and a boring player. But And doing the projections again, I didn't feel like – all right, digging into it again with the projections, not to cut everyone off. Is everyone cool with something? Yeah, yeah. Cool with that no, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, just, I, I came around to like, I think there's a case for him. Like his, his targets per run, his weighted targets per run, very solid last year. Like the efficiency was bad, but we know Russ was bad. And like if the offense does take a step forward, if you're playing Denver, it was his lowest yards per target of his career. Um, but, you know, still solid range in terms of uh, volume drawing. And that was actually kind of a little bullish because we know that a lot of teams were playing the cover two deep shell. And a lot of these deep threats were did see their t- targets per run decline. Like Mike Williams had a down year in that regard. Gabe Davis had a down year in that regard. Uh, George Pickens, efficient first year, but didn't really have a strong targets per run with this high A dot. It was, it was hard for all quarterbacks to push the ball downfield. Chris, you mentioned earlier, some of these quarterbacks, A dots have fallen. The league-wide A dot fell quite a bit last year. 
Mm. Um, but Sutton still earned some pretty solid volume for a guy with a 13 plus a dot. He just wasn't efficient. And part of that's like, okay, well, Russ was like chucking it nine, nine yards out of bounds. Like if Sean Payton can develop the offense a little bit, I still think Sutton's like he last, last year was supposed to be, okay. He's a second year removed from the ACL. 2021 wasn't great. He obviously didn't get anything in 2020 because he tore the ACL 2019. You go all the way back was a year two. He was good. So, okay, 2020, he gets hurt. 2021, first year back, kind of write that off. Last year was supposed to be the, okay, he's his second year back. He can be good. And he wasn't. But I'm basically, I'm arguing that I don't think there's anything underlying it other than some efficiency issues that were, you know, sort of systemic to the whole Denver offense. There's not really anything in there that's like, okay, well, he's definitely bad now. Like, Let me yeah, throw this the, there. Go ahead. So, 81 wide receivers uh, were tracked last year in ESPN's open score. Where do you think Jerry Judy finished out of the 81? And where do you think Cortland Sutton finished? I would say Judy Trick finished question. higher. Yeah, I know. It's a trick question, but I would definitely say Sutton Judy finished like higher. quietly ahead of him. Like 75 and 76. <laughs> Judy was 11th and Sutton was 12th. Dang. Wow. Okay. And Russell Wilson still sucked. Yep. That's, <laughs> even, that's, that's terrible that's for that's Russ. Um, Sutton's catch score was 25, which is extremely low. Only Romeo Dobbs and Debo Samuel finished lower than that. Whew. That, to me, feels like I'll fade that part, you know, yeah. especially if especially right. if you're talking about him running more slants and maybe getting used with, like, a little bit of a lower ADOT. Like, we, all, we know that drops and stuff like that, we don't want to be focused on the catch part so much of wide receiver. We want to be focused on the can you get open part. Yep. And it looks Great like he call. can still get open. I think the narrative of he's he didn't make it back from the ACL is just is is actually just like completely wrong. Like that's not backed up by the data. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's the point I was trying to make. Cobra Kai says, is, "Was Sutton good, or did he just get that massive target share that one year?" The point I was trying to make is that one year was his year two breakout, tore his ACL year three, and then you know it's basically been year four, year five since that. It's weird that you know we're five years in, we don't really know. But my point is, we don't know, and we're getting a price here where. It's still an upside profile. That's the argument. Is he inside the wide receiver window? Does he have an upside profile? I think he still does. Like I still think he could be a guy who could have, you know, be a fifth round pick next year, basically. He can rise several rounds at ADP. There's other receivers in this range that can't. Tyler Boyd can't rise, you know, that much in ADP. No. Yeah. I mean, dude, he was the market insisted that he go at the end of the third round last year. It was crazy. If you were like, yeah. I actually prefer Judy, they were like, You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like it was, it was not it wasn't they weren't cool about it you know like it, was, it really weren't so like i guess i'm now kind of okay wait now we like can't take sutton at all like what's going on it's yeah. very odd to me is that over um it's very strange here. we're on the clock here i would put in a vote for hmm I think one of the back. one of the running backs. I think Robinson. Yeah. Or I was going to say Robinson or A Chain, but I don't know if you guys have anything else. Do you guys care about Robinson CMC Week Seventeen? No, not really. All right, what do you got, Chris? Give me a name. A Chain. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I like. I think of those guys. It was it was between Robinson and A Chain uh, for me. There, I it's, think the CMC it's like pick gives us easily Harris for me. There, yeah, why, it would why be, is it not it would Harris? Be, it would be Harris or Robinson for me, and I'm really? thinking about why? it more for well, partly because we got Javante, so we want the early season stuff a little bit more. 
Um, and partly, I think Harris. I think Harris has a lot of upside in that backfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my thing is just market based. I mean, the the reports with him uh, competing with Latavius Murray for that role. That, I think we're getting gross. Damian Harris. And I'm not even saying that like he's not going to beat him out. I'm just saying I think we're going to get cheaper Damian Harris. Right? I, yeah. I missed that on, on my vacations. So that's why I said why why isn't it Damian Harris? That's fair. That's a good that's a good answer to that question. Um yeah, who knows? I mean, it seems like insane that Damian Harris couldn't beat out Latavius Murray, but right? Latavius has been hanging around like and been a thorn in a lot. Like yeah. I mean, he was pretty good a few games for the Broncos down the stretch last year. I think what um one thing Harris has going for him is he's been a very solid pass blocker. And actually, like, if you look at yards per hour and stuff, actually totally solid receiver. And Cook was an atrocious pass blocker last year. So mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of a wide range of outcomes where he either gets beaten out by Latavius Murray, but I think on the upside, he, like, kind of does a Devin Singletary to that backfield. We got 20 seconds. This is a pretty choose-your-own-adventure flat spot here. If you want oh. some early season production, you could do Jamal Williams. Um, yeah, or McKinnon. Yeah, is, how likely is Russ to make it back? Russ is gone. Russ Wilson is Russ went in the went. eighth round. No, Chris, another oh another running back. Yeah, I'd go Jamal. Jamal or, yeah. So, like to your point, Pat, like I think CMC does give us a decent amount of cover, but with Javante and Achain, you could have guys that are just like zeros for the first. I like Jamal four, a lot weeks. with this build. And I don't really take Jamal a ton, but he, he makes See, a lot of sense. When I said another running back at the last second, I said it too late. I was wondering if like Warren and, and Kendrick Miller were there, which I think I would have just yeah. guys. Ooh, that would have yeah. been a good call. Yeah. We could have we could have gone down and um yeah, maybe Reach we should have. Went. Yep, there he went. Uh I, yeah, I went to point out to you guys. I didn't know if you guys had noticed that Russell Wilson went at pick eighty one. I saw I that. Did not I almost spit yeah. my drink out. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I thought we were setting up a Russ thing this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I knew that was long gone. I mean, I still like I still like the charger with the running back and the wide receiver coming back. That's still fun. But yeah, what what is your guys's read on ADP movement relative to the Camara stuff? It seems like people are more bullish on him now. Do you guys think we're getting cheaper Jamal and cheaper Kendra and more expensive Alvin? Is that how this is going to play out? Probably, yeah. I unfortunately think there's no argument for Jamal if you're going to get more bullish on Kamara because Kendra is the one that's like the talent-based play. What is the argument in Jamal? Like, he wasn't even that efficient last year. He just scored a bunch of touchdowns. He wasn't very good last year, yeah. The success rate stuff that I looked at was actually quite poor for him. On this build, the argument for him is Kamara gets six games, Kendra's not ready, and we get, like, swag daddy. Yeah, we get early season stuff. Yeah, Yeah. sure. He serves a purpose on this build. Yeah, until Javante's like back, like yeah. handling the majority of the workload. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a a bridge running back. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick, I think, can be good enough that like because Kamara has not been a very good runner. I think the argument for Kamara, if you you're playing him, is that he's still pretty decent as a receiver last year, and like his earlier career stuff when he wasn't carrying two hundred times. That's like, you know, probably a better touch mix for him, 150 carries and more receiving. But then it's like, okay, who's the other big runner? And I mean, Kendrick can, he's that profile, right, Pat? Like, he's got size. He can be, yeah. like, I think from a talent based perspective, he can take rushing work from Kamara, is what I'm saying. Jamal, that's why you just draft get it by default. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a big back. He's not, he's kind of like, he kind of runs like a little bit of a smaller back, but I like that. I kind of like, yeah. You know what smaller backs do? They try to avoid people. 
Yeah. So I, I like when <laughs> big backs run. I guess if Kendra's like, not good, Jamal can just be the veteran who gets work, right? And then yeah, if Kamara comes back and isn't really good for whatever reason, maybe Jamal. I guess I want more than than like a six game limit for a running back in that range. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We we're about to pick in at the end of the twelfth round here. Still no quarterbacks. We got four running backs: CMC, Javante, uh, Devon A. Chain, Jamal Williams, wide receivers: Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Kyle Pitts at tight end. Um, we should still definitely think through if, if we are doing a three QB build, we should think through, um, I think we, or I guess Purdy gives us stuff. I was going to mention, just throw a name out here of Rondell Moore as a bring back with Devonta and maybe even being done at, at wide receiver since we already have kind of like a lot of our other stacks set up. Mm -hmm. Um, even though we don't have a quarterback, I kind of would like to keep that wide receiver bullet and, you know, if we can. Like we could do oh, a yeah. Stafford right here and just like try to grab a, a falling van or get a two two late something like that. Taking Stafford with all these other stacks here with it. We could do a sliding Rondell well Moore. The, uh, Ten. I would want to grab Rondell Moore. Go ahead. Go ahead. The one thing I'll say, Pat, is like if there's a really obvious wide receiver, I don't think it still precludes us from getting to eight. Like we we're covered okay. pretty well positionally. I feel like. Yeah, we could do three five. Eight, two. The stack, yeah. the stack option yeah. now is is the third stack option is the Patriots. We have two tight end options to be our tight end too. We only have one tight end. You can play Gasicki mm -hmm. or Hunter Henry with Mac Jones. It's the it's the easiest fucking thing to do. Well, the other thing mm -hmm. too is uh, Kyler now fits with this build as well. Um, which is which I like that because I, I mean, you look you get you got me on Ritter a little bit, but a picket Ritter quarterback room i'm like i really could no we're, we're all in agreement that it's three i think you got no no i'm two. saying what i want in the quarterback profile is upside no oh gotcha yeah, not yeah. starts yeah. upside okay so you're saying that would push you to uh kyler. kyler over purdy in that configuration no it'd be maybe purdy. not over purdy but over um i forget like car or car. jones mac jones or whatever i like Do roshan we? as our bring back for the atlanta yeah that's a good one that's a good play here. A running back pick here. Roshan? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting. We, we, the we, yeah. I've tended more towards Dante Foreman. That's just after looking at some stuff, like his efficiency stats, like after CMC left. But I think Roshan's fine. He was awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. also, I'm not opposed to of, I mean, those guys are so cheap and Foreman falls. Like that's definitely a backfield. I don't mind uh, yeah. taking two of twice. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think too, like, because uh, the way I've been thinking about it and tell me if it's wrong is that kind of what's exciting about Roshan is if he gets the pass catching work there and then, you know, Foreman, we know who Foreman is too. Like where I, I don't like if something happened to Herbert or whatever, they, the new staff just doesn't like him as much like a Roshan Foreman one, two punch. Like I can see how that would work out for both of them. Yeah. I want to go back to our quarterback thing. I disagree with Pat on the upside thing. We have two doubles, and I think Pickett and Ritter both run enough that they clearly have weekly quarterback upside. Like, I don't what what is upside at quarterback? Like, you can spike touchdowns, thirty rushing yards, and have a third. Like Mitch Trubisky used to have Millie Maker winning upside on a weekly basis. He's not like that much more of a runner than what we're saying Ritter or Pickett can be. Like those those. 
that's what that's what quarterback is in fantasy, right? Like if you go to three underpowered, if I go into a DFS tournament with Pickett or or Ritter, I feel pretty underpowered at the position. So I'm just saying, I think to me, I want the in in any given week in DFS. I agree with that. I'm saying that when you have three quarterbacks in best ball and you get to automatically put the top score into your lineup. I don't think you have to have like like a rush like a Kyler rushing profile to have upside. It's a point I'm making. So I you're saying think he the, has a lot more upside in the. I mean, that's why you would draft Kyler because there's a chance he might not even play this year. So right. he is like the biggest upside guy on the board without question at this mm-hmm. point. Otherwise, you wouldn't take him at all. Right, right. That's sort of. But my argument is like it's maybe not even worth the risk for the cases that you've already made about starts risks. I think he's kind of fool's gold because I don't think he's going to run as much when he comes. I don't draft a lot of Kyler. I don't draft a lot of Kyler. Yeah, I just it. We're so late, and I'm like, like Stafford to me has upside because they might just throw a bunch. But I think the thing with Ritter that's tough is like we know they don't want to throw. They probably throw. We're playing both London and Pitts. Yeah, we're playing them to throw. We're playing them to throw, but we're playing to be the Seahawks, right? We're not playing. They're still not going to throw a lot, you know. Gino was a high win rate player last year. He had upside. Yeah, they were what. He, Top 10 master rate over expectation. He had a lot of upside from a get me there, but I don't think even if you got there, you weren't super psyched with having Gino as your upside play in the final week. I just, just I, I think you want it, and just to put my week 17 hat on, I am gonna side on like the Kyler side. We didn't get Dotson, we didn't build out anything with that Niners Commanders game. We passed on Robinson. I do like the idea of building out. The Ronda uh, with the Devonte bring yeah. back like that is the more you know levering up that specific team. Like if we are looking for a tiebreaker there, honestly, That's this fair. room will probably decide it for us too, just based That's on what comes most back. My main case have. was I didn't think we like had to have Kyler. I guess that's where I would would disagree. I don't think we have to have him either. I I, yeah, okay. I was kind of more framing it against like a guy like Carr who I floated, but. uh <laughs> I think Purdy has upside just because the offense is so good and scores so many points. Right. So I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't. And be then Ritter and Pickett, I think, for the same reason. I, I think you're right that they probably don't. But once you double stack both of them, you're kind of saying they they have to have that, right? Yeah, the same way Purdy does. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to play this ADP wise? Um, losing Pickett is going to hurt far more than losing Kyler. All of these teams have two quarterbacks between us. How do you guys want to play it? We'll I'm fine going Pickett pick because Purdy yeah. is our our alternate off Kyler. Yeah. yeah, correct. And like Stafford and Love being there for cover, like we're probably going to still get right our boy, right? Unless they all have two quarterbacks. They all have elite quarterbacks too. Mahomes, yeah. Allen, Hurt. So they'd be taking a third. And they all have their second in the mid too. Oh, so yeah. Then we should be, be fine. Weird. We're going to get Pickett and Kyler, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to yeah. be – Yep. Because if will. any of them does take a QB, they're going to take like a, probably a Stafford. I mean, I don't know. It is the decision you have to make. Like, Ritter should be there at 189 in almost most scenarios, although I'm sure I just fucking jinxed it. But uh, <laughs> Purdy's not coming back to 189 anymore. So it is a decision no. between Kyler and Purdy. Mm. Um, what do you have you, Chris? You mentioned you had been doing lots of the like late three tight end builds and mm-hmm. like more two QB builds. My guess is you haven't been slumming it <laughs> with us on the, the Kenny Pickett and the Howells quite as much. No, actually, I have because if I wind up doing the because I'll go wide receiver, quarterback early, you know, in like the first six rounds uh, with maybe like one running back 
And then it kind of leads me into getting some of those uh, like those like quarterbacks, like towards the back end. Cause I just got mm-hmm. sniped on a, I had DK and Lockett. There's either DK or Lockett or DK and, uh, and JSN had Geno Smith queued up. And then he went like right beforehand. So I pivoted uh-huh. Friar Muth, Pickett and all that. And actually I like the upside of, yeah. of Pickett, like as like just kind of looking into the scrambling rate from last season, what we can expect from Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, the positive regression, blah, 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 blah. And I've just been not as much into the running game outside of Jalen Warren. So it all kind of intersects at Pickett just being an option for, you know, if you do grab a Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, one of those early round guys and just pairing him with uh, Pickett later. The Stafford fall is nuts, but uh, that is why I still, I still think Kyler's our pick here, right, fellas? That's what I'm we set up. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That's we don't have any playing Stafford. Yeah, we don't have a single Ram or Giant yet. No, nope. and we don't have the bullets at wide receiver really to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we know we're going to take one more quarterback. That leaves us with two more picks. We know one of those is at, at least a second tight end. So then really the question is that other pick, sixth running back, eighth wide receiver, third tight end. Receivers seem pretty fine to me to stick with to seven. I think so. Well, let's see. We can get the tight end in the 18th pretty easily. Do, well, do you yeah, know what also would be nice a uh, tight end that McBride with the Kyler build is pretty nice. That's pretty nice. That is solid. Yeah. Um, the only and op- there's other if we got sniped, there's plenty of other options in 18. The other option, uh, we'll see if he gets there. You could toss out um, Isaiah Likely right there since we took a chain earlier. Ooh, little mm-hmm. kind of, and he he more so as like likely in a third tight end build, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could do likely with Pitts um, if you did just go to. Um, but, yeah, I think I tend to like likely a little bit more in three tight end. That's what I was going to say. So When I do two tight end, I go for the boring vets that I think have good roles, like Knox, who's already gone. But, mm-hmm. the, again, I go back to the two Patriots ones. I think Gesicki and Hunter Henry are both still just ridiculously valued. Mm-hmm. They're not playing the same position. Well, yeah, that's why I don't take a sickie. I don't think he's playing very much. But I, <laughs> but I, I like Hunter Henry. Looking at other correlations, so I think the likely with A-Chain is good. Uh, we got the old standby, uh, Kate Otten with Jamal Williams. Oh, you, want to, you want to sell yourself on that. Noah Fant with the Pittsburgh stuff um, yeah, is in play him. there as well. Yeah. If you don't think Gesicki's playing much, and no. again, they are kind of different positions, but then, then Hunter Henry is – Definitely mispriced in the 18th round. Yeah, no, I, I, don't know. I take a third. He's a good I took player. Mm-hmm. I took him, I'm Kate Otten, and Durham Smythe as my only three tight ends in a draft. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm to God I'm right that that I, I'm completely I think, with you, Ben. But I just like I tend to want to use correlation to like break ties on this like amorphous blob of tight ends late, even if he. But tight end scoring so low, I, I I think that's right, but. I've sort of talked myself into tight end scoring is so low to be like viable in fantasy. Like you don't need a game to shoot out. Like Hunter Henry just has to catch like four balls and score a touchdown. That's a very viable. That's probably tight the fifth overall tight end score that week. But you can't know? can't McBride a, do that as well? And we sure. get a huge bet on not a huge bet, but a bet on no, no. He offense. he can, but I'm I'm saying I don't think I need to use correlation if I don't think it's just a tie break. And I think Hunter Henry's like 
at least a tier ahead of McBride. And so it's more of, yeah. you know. I will say, I mean, again, sorry, this is just thinking about how we play this pick. I really, pick really doubt one of these teams is going to take Ritter as a third QB unstacked, um, especially with elites there. So I do think this can be a tight end pick um, if we want to make it. My, well, my vote's McBride, but if you want to sell me on something else. But McBride, I mean, we're reaching pretty far, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. let's just go Ritter. I would rather just reach on Ritter you're, and not risk You're that. reaching we're, more we're on Ritter. We're in this eight, 16th round, right? Yeah. What's you, our luxury? But we, guys, you're are reaching luxury more picks? on Ritter than you are on McBride based on ADP. But I'm saying we should take our luxury pick here. Oh, running back or receiver. Running back or receiver. This is our spot. But we were talking about a three tight end build. Oh, I'm fine with two tight end. We're going to, I think we should take one of the guys we know we're for sure taking. Take me, me Brian. Okay. If we don't know who the, if there's not a luxury pick screen. Well, I wanted to see who was available. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm shot. The board's, the board's here. Pete was Pete was taking McBride no matter what. Was, yeah, that's gonna, what just happened. Who's our who's our luxury pick? Luxury McBride was good. You had tight end clicked. I don't know who the luxury pick is. No, tell me, don't know who that's going to be. Tell me in hindsight who, who is the luxury pick. <laughs> Pete found a way to only show McBride on the board. Is the only player who's <laughs> yeah. the luxury pick? Who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want? Dwayne McBride, Trey McBride. We don't even have no other options. No other options. There's oh, only God. two McBrides. I mean, <laughs> only hopefully this one ends up better than the Rager one. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin referenced that Pete's headphones cut nice. out an auto trade. I'm not taking the L and tell me you tell me who you wanted to take over McBride. No, I'm fine with taking McBride. I just. Wanted to see who else was available because to me, well, we're, about to, we're about to have the same discussion here. Do you want the luxury pick over Ritter? No, Ritter. I want to take Ritter. I would say Ritter. We have Kyler. Yeah, it has to be a three QB build. We're legit <laughs> fucked if someone else takes. Yeah, Ritter. we have to take Ritter. Please stop owning me. I'm yeah. done being owned on that. Please. Um, it is it is nice to be able to fee, uh, speak relatively freely without all these piss boys in our room with us. It is nice. It honestly is nice. Um, we miss you, but I also don't miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just when I had it sketched out in my head, I was thinking luxury Ritter tight end. So then Ooh. when I was I was like, put uh, a name of- to fucking luxury. Who is this luxury? <laughs> I mean, he's highlighted players. That's what I, that's what I was saying. You, you just had quarterback in tight clearly, end when I clearly said Trey that. McBride was the luxury pick. I mean, that's all that was available. That's Actually, he was because I think we're going tight end at the end. So Trey McBride was the luxury. You've highlighted the luxury pick right here with our correlation. I, it's Cordero uh, Patterson. Boom. So. Ben, someone was in my YouTube comments today hyping up Cordero Patterson. Uh, you're, you're not alone on on CPAT Island. I love it. I love it. What uh, what other tight end do we have? Hunter Henry still on the board? We, we must I not. I think right? he's still there. I didn't. I don't remember seeing him on the. Yeah, uh, Henry. Yeah, I mean, yeah Henry. How was he going behind? All like I, I kind of like Jake Ferguson. Kind of like Luke Musgrave. How the fuck is Hunter Henry going behind both of them? It doesn't make sense. any goddamn sense. They're worried about. So at the end of uh, Gillette Stadium, it's not like a fully enclosed stadium. And sometimes like the balls, when they get thrown to Hunter Henry, like the wind gusts and stuff. <laughs> uh, Jordan Love is still available at pick 202 in this room as well. That is wild. What, what is this, Pat? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a point on like a second thing. But, but are you are you about to like? Are you drawing a pick? Like, yeah. Are we? No, yeah, I, I literally went in the weeds and and like looked at some of the plays that where Titans are charted is in the slot, and I, I think that there's just sort of a collective misunderstanding about what tight end slot snaps even mean. Okay. All right, I'm excited for this. I, I'll I do. This. I'll, I'll toss out one more galaxy brain pick. This is one of those like. We specifically passed on Ramondre Stevenson to take Keenan Allen. Uh, Pierre Strong is kind of a fun pick uh, at the very end as well if we're not going three Ooh, tight ends. I, like I don't mind that. Like that. Um, that but that would be, dare I say, a luxury pick. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to know what Pat's going to do with these this circled picture. Of, like, I, I, very... I need to see some like legit NFL network charting capability. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to get my who's the dude is Orlovsky. I'm gonna. We got to get the music in the yeah. background, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, dude, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this on the way. I'm gonna like be driving in on my car. Like, you see this? Let me pull this. Up. Let me show you. Again. <laughs> I mean, Pat, is this against? Because you guys had, if if you guys missed it, uh, the ADP chasing crew had Matt Harmon on on Monday. I finished uh, listening to that uh, yesterday. Very good episode. Is that what inspired you, Pat? Are you gonna get in the charting business? No, I'm not charting. I'm just looking and seeing <laughs> what other people are charting. I wanted to see what the charters are charting and how they chart. Because there's a couple of things I get. Sometimes I get annoyed. I feel like inline tight ends get a bad rap. You know, they're they're acting like they're just there to block on passing downs when often they run routes just as much as the other guys. And then I feel like um, the I, I don't buy the they play different positions argument on the Hunter Henry Mike Sicky thing because Mike Sicky's he's a tight end. And this is what you're going to diagram for us? I, I really want to see. Are these actual Mike? Is, I thought that was a Raiders snap. No, yeah, no, no. It, it is. It, there is a Raiders snap. They're not Mike Kosicki ones, but there are. Oh, okay. I mean, I can show you. How are you going to prove to me that Mike Kosicki's slot snaps are different if you're not going to show me Mike Kosicki's slot snaps? I'm snap? showing you snaps that were charted as slot snaps for tight ends. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but that aren't Mike Kosicki. <clears throat> yeah, that aren't Kosicki. Who famously only ran routes on 7% of his uh, routes were from uh, inline in – that was 2021. But, like, he literally doesn't play inline. 7%. He doesn't, but I'll I'll, I'll offline. These are the ones I have uh, at, at hand. I didn't go pull these. I'll pull I'll pull some that show what I'm talking about if you want that are specific. Like, this I'll, is I'll how just, we expand our fantasy analysis. Yes, right this here. is the best millionaire glow-up in the history of glow-ups. Yeah. Listen, this think how think how irritated I must have been by this narrative to go watch all 22. Think about that. I think you're wrong. You're gonna like I'm I'm excited for the convincing here. Um I bullied you guys into Trey McBride, so you guys, you guys make uh, make this pick here for the the luxury pick at the end. Let's uh, let's do Patterson before I destroy Ben's Kasicki argument. <laughs> I'm Team Hunter Henry. Oh, let's let's go. Pick. Oh, then give him Hunter, Hunter Henry. Chris <laughs> Allen, break break Chris, the tie. Who, Chris, who do you Chris. like? Or we'll go with Hunter Henry. A... I like Hunter Henry. Okay. Here. All right, let's do it. The real tight end. Let's go through. All right. Ends. Beautiful. I'm gonna re I'm gonna I'm gonna recap this team real quick for the audio listeners, and then the audio listeners are gonna be fucked as Pat draws little squiggly lines on a screenshot Sorry. of all 22. All right, audio listeners, they will not translate. <laughs> it, will, it will not translate. Um, all right, 
Our Rubier, Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Desmond Ritter, uh, all of them double stacked, and it just brings such joy to my heart. Uh, running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, Devon A. Chain, Jamal Williams, Roshan Johnson. Wide receivers, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Rondell Moore. Tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Trey McBride, and Hunter Henry. Very, very fun team there. Pat, I give you the floor. All let's, right. let's hear this. I, I need to hear this. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show the other one first. So wait, are you sure? I, what my question is that purple one. Are you sure that wasn't uh, classified as inline? Yes, I'm a hundred percent sure. Because I did a little bit of charting for PFF, but it was years ago, and I'm pretty sure they used to classify that as inline if they were that. No, I, I literally went mm-hmm. and looked. I okay. looked at the. Um, that specific, specific play, play chart, that specific play, the play chart, how it was charted. Then I looked at how the thing was came out in terms of like who was where. And so I like triple check that this is a true okay. slot snap. Okay. 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 So here, here's like what I think most people are thinking is going to happen with Kasiki and Hunter Henry. So this is Dallas Goddard in gray. And this is Zach Ertz. This is from 2021 in purple. Zach Ertz is lined up in what I would call a true slot, right? Like he's Uh playing slot receiver. Dallas Goddard is lined up like a tight end. But the thing about Dallas Goddard here is that he was also. That's a tight end. I I actually, I think of both of them as true slot. Both of them are in this slot in this, in this example, both are in the slot. But one is in line. Well, they charted. Well, no, one is closer, but both are in the slot. Okay. All right. Let me, let me pull up the other one. That's not how I think of the Henry Gasicki thing. I think that that could happen on some formations, but mm-hmm. you said you thought that's how you think most people think of well, it. Well, yeah, personally, you, that's not how I've been thinking of it. Let me let me pull this one up and then tell me how you're thinking of. Sorry, this is like kind of more of a pain. I love it. this stream. Uh, started talking about. Uh, PRWE based on wind games, and now we're finishing with now we're uh, charting. definitions yes. of inline tight yeah. ends. I love it. So I'm getting so is, close to my screen to see this. This is Hunter Renfro here in yeah. yellow. This is Darren Waller. Okay, you've got, I think this is Adams here. You've got another, or no, Adams, that's cool. That's Adams. That's, yeah. yeah, this is probably Matt Collins or something. This was last year. So these, you know, these are your traditional wide receivers, wide receiver in the slot. Traditional wide receiver yeah. playing the slot. Can you turn can you turn paintbrush on and make some squigglies as you talk here? Yeah. So Thank if you. you look here at Darren Waller, <laughs> he's he's clearly uh you know kind of a tight end, but he, this was a slot snap for Darren Waller. All right, can he you is standing up. Can you give me the diagram for the route that he's yeah. running to? He's gonna do uh he's actually gonna chip this guy and come out here. And the I believe the the route goes to here and car hits uh hits him right over the middle there. There we go. Nice. nice. There's no. Is is that even true? Or did you just fully make that? No, up? I'm pretty sure it's true because I'm actually not going to play. <laughs> do you, that's great. Do you have it's any? It's interesting because Waller chips. Waller actually chips a guy on this play, so it's a slot snap. But he does a tight end thing. Is a very that's tight a end. that's a rare one. Even if you look at his stance, it's even like half between the the stand up that they do there. And he's almost like looking like an offensive tackle. He's got his hand kind of on his knee. What it is is that he's not on the line of scrimmage, and yeah, and he's not down. So it's like that's considered a snap. But that's that's what I'm saying. But so, but Hunter Henry's gonna be down a lot. He's his inline rate was really high. Do you have any in like any inline? Well, my point is with this one is that 
this is a slot snap for Darren Waller. I don't see Foster Moreau anywhere. You know, oh, like a right, slot but... snap doesn't mean always that you're going to get a two tight end thing and one's in the slot. It's that you can have a slot wide receiver here in Hunter Henry playing a very traditional slot role. And Darren Waller's also in the field with a slot snap, but he's not really doing anything different than what a tight end always does. Yeah, that happens not, a lot. I'm not arguing that take at all. I my argument would be that Mike Gesicki will play essentially a role similar to what Hunter Renfro plays in that offense in the New England offense. He will play a wide receiver role. Like people have made that argument for Dalton Kincaid as well that he's going to play a different position. I'm not drafting any Dalton Kincaid because I I don't. So I'm the, just the argument very is like that. And and in Gesicki's position last year in his old stuff he essentially did do that he only lined up in the slot so i guess i'm not like he lined up like a wide receiver he was like the hunter renfro of that offense he was basically their third receiver in three receiver sets he's always stand up he was never hand on the ground hand in the dirt he was their starting tight end though he was their starting tight end just by just in name like no no like durham smythe didn't didn't play as many snaps on passing downs as he would have if Mike. But that's because they played Al Gingold a ton of as a fullback. I mean, that's that's like one of the weird things about the the Dolphins offense where they kind of are running, what is it? It would be uh, 20 personnel, two running backs, and three receivers is sort of what they probably should have been classifying it as because Gasicki's more or less playing receiver. They're using a fullback as their tight end, like the the Niners use yeah. uh, juice. They check. do weird stuff too. Like I was seeing yeah. stuff where they had Tyreek Hill motioning in the backfield and coming back around, and then um, Mike Jasicki was in the backfield and then would would option out to the slot. And so they did a ton of weird stuff. But I, I Durham Smythe played a lot less than he would have if Mike Jasicki wasn't there. Is basically right. I think New England's offense is going to be different than that in that regard. But yeah, no, this was interesting. I guess my 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 only real point would be that I don't I don't think I'm arguing with your points, which are valid points. I just don't think I'm arguing with them necessarily. I think so I it's possible we're... what you're saying is true with him being the the like a wide receiver essentially. But I just we've seen very few instances of that where you have essentially yeah. a team operating out of twelve personnel as their primary base personnel. That has happened. Like they did that with Aaron Hernandez, right? Yeah, I don't like yep. the stats. They did sure that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's definitely possible. I just like I've always been a bit skeptical of how good Mike Kosicki is as well. So yeah. I'm mm. just like that. Just feels like a like an outlier situation that I'm not I'm not really buying. But the, the big difference with the Kincaid stuff is is the price, right? Like the Kosicki yeah, is free like around most different. drafts, and Kincaid you're paying a, a pretty big premium for that thesis. Um, yeah. Chris, it was great having you come by, dropping course, bombs on ship chasing and drafting. But the chat was saying that, well. that me, and, me and Pat were arguing too much, not letting you uh, talk we too much. We definitely were. We were. We, I to missed the last two Smith shows. We had a 22% route rate last year, okay? 22%. <laughs> right. Is that what you we want? We didn't do a July 4th show. show. I, missed, <laughs> I missed the two shows before. Me and Pat haven't done a show in a month. Like, we needed to get this out. Oh I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, we weren't, uh, we weren't arguing, but to that point. <laughs> yeah. We definitely didn't give Chris enough time, and let me tell you why. Because you're wrong about my <laughs> <laughs> It was a blast having you on. God, man, nah, man, this was awesome. And you guys ever want me back on again? Just say the word. This was this was for sure.
Yeah. And you got the the second part of the uh, Does Wind Matter uh, is dropping in the Fantasy Life newsletter tomorrow. Anything else that uh, you're working on right now? Trying to dig into, so focus on wind. Got that pretty much knocked out. Uh, I want to now start digging into the other elements, rain, uh, snow, all of that to see really what matters. And it's almost this, the same questions you have to ask about wind instead of just saying, well, is it is there going to be wind in the game? It's how much. So if it's going to be raining, how much? Back to the you know monsoon talk we had earlier. And the same thing for snow. People see or hear snow in the forecast. They think about what was it? The um, uh, what was it? the Philly Detroit game from? Gosh, when was that? 2013, 2014, and it was uh, gosh, uh, I forget the who's the. Um, Oh man, cut on a dime is his Twitter handle. Yeah, Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn McCoy. Thank oh, yeah, you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, why couldn't I think? Yes, of that? I remember uh, that game. Yeah, yeah. long but, touchdown in overtime. Yeah, but everybody remembers that stuff or the yeah. what the Frank Gore game from the Bills Colts from I forget that was probably like five or six years ago, uh, where they had to like you know move snow out of the way for uh, Indianapolis kicker that retired uh, to kick a field goal. Vinatieri, yeah, to kick a field goal at the end. So it's like. That stuff we remember, <laughs> but it really is like it really does come down to how much and also where at that makes a difference than anything. I remember else. that Jag there was a Jaguars rain game that was nuts. I think someone some running back had a really long run. Uh, I don't know, that's always stuck with me. The no, oh, that was um, oh man, when was that too? Um, that was fairly recent if I'm remembering right, or maybe that was in the like early 2000s, but yeah, yeah I, I do this Jacksonville. Cr- Chris, we should we should talk with Jordan and the crew at Fantasy Life because I think an El Nino article would do great SEO within this hyper. Oh, God, yeah. Dude, it really would. Like, I would one hundred percent read the El Nino article. Yeah. All you need is El Nino and fantasy in the title, and you're yeah. definitely yeah, and then everybody's gonna want to read it. Yeah. It comes around like what once a decade or something. Uh, yeah, like five to seven years or something like that. If I'm yeah. remembering, like two to seven, to two two to seven, which is like a wild range because every every other yeah. year or every seven years okay with like the title like el nino is going to change everything for yeah. 2023 fantasy football yeah and it's just I, gonna I have that it. that clip from chris farley and snl and that's like they're pretty much oh, like the, the entirety of the piece <laughs> exactly um so uh make sure you guys are following uh chris on twitter at chris allen ffwx for the audio listeners we got it up here on the screen i got it down in the description also be sure to check out uh all of his great stuff over at fantasy life we even have new uh author pages over there as well so it's really easy to uh check out the chris allen page and you can go and find all of the work he's been doing um both writing the newsletter and some of these more intensive research pieces and a lot of fun best ball stuff i will say chris when i initially saw this article come across best ball draft phases because you were doing weather stuff i saw phases and immediately went to moon phases. I thought you were doing something like with that. Should have had them do like a, if we could do it, have like the what the Marvel character Moon Knight and just like put that on the thumbnail for the piece or something like that. See, that's that's a good idea. All right, that's called sometimes. Yeah, there there it is. I love it. We need we need it all. Um, all right, uh, appreciate the chat tonight. Uh, you guys were on fire as well. Uh, Gretch, I did see L- uh, JGFC wants you to put an alert in the Discord when you're drafting on the Bachelor Party weekend uh, this weekend. Oh, God. I will try to remember to do that if I'm doing <laughs> lives. I, I don't know how the whole weekend's going to go. I know I'm doing some golfing. Uh, I know I'm going to do some drinking. But 
Yeah, I mean, if I'm if that's I'm why he wants like, to know when you're hopping in draft. Plus EV. Yeah. Um, Pat, what what do you got going on? Well, I want to uh, tell people I'm going to be doing a, a long stream. My plan is to do seven drafts with 18 guests on July 18th, which is next Tuesday. So uh, still organizing that. I've given myself a little bit of a project management task, but uh, I'm working on getting that together. Uh, do you want I'm to tell people on why that it. day? Yeah. Why, why does that day matter? Yeah. Ah, it just seemed like a cool thing to do. That's the that's <laughs> that's the uh, date that I drafted my winning BBM three team. So there you go. Bringing some friends on. Are you, uh, are you nervous? Have, I guess on on here maybe one time or two when I filled in, you guys drafted. Are you are you nervous about uh you know being a hosting uh, drafting bro? No, I mean when you're nervous, it's because you're worried that what's going to happen isn't going to live up to your expectations of what's going to happen. And I know this is going to be a shit show. So why would I be? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want you to know there's going to come a point during the draft. You're going to have a guy you want to take and your co-hosts are going to be screaming that they'd rather take a luxury pick at the time. And you're going to want them to actually just vocalize who that, that will just take this pick. I'm on stick. And shout out to King cap too, who also drafted his winning team on, 718 the the yeah yes uh so it is uh gonna be a a best ball holiday over there and um yeah for me uh tomorrow tomorrow night jake trowbridge uh from fantasy life is joining me for the randomizer jake's very funny does a ton of impressions and characters so we're gonna have a good time over there tomorrow night i think that is it for the plugs if you guys want to become a youtube member you can hop in the discord always a fun time there in the ship chasing discord hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your week thanks again to chris we'll see you guys next time